Let's pretend that this isn't advice. And I'm Erin, and I'm not giving you advice. It's it's not advice. I can't help myself <laughs> give advice. I don't mean to. I don't want to. I want you to be able to live your life, but I know how to do it. I'm a huge know-it-all, and this is where I practice not giving advice to people. Except I totally give advice to them. I'm a lawyer turned professional certified coach, and I just happen to give the best advice. But this is a podcast, not a coaching session, so I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Erin Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. On this week's episode of This Is Not Advice, I have Brandon Prosek. Brandon is a writer, a producer, a comedian, uh, an actor. He's just a super amazing guy. And we talk about creativity and being connected, but we also spend a decent amount of time talking about well-being and all of the work Brandon took on to lose a ton of weight. Um, we don't really talk about what he did so much as why he did it and why this journey was important to him. And I think that you will totally, um, take a lot out of listening to him talk about what it means to change your relationship to yourself. And if you are the kind of person who would like to, uh, I don't know, talk with a coach about your relationship to yourself, reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. Uh, anyway, enjoy the show. Have a great day. Hey, Brandon. Hi. How are you today? Um, you know, it's it's been some ups ups and downs, but so far today is on the upper side, which is good. Yeah, what's been yeah. going on? Oh, you know, just drama. I had uh, some car issues, which are always fun, mm. especially when it's a 2021 car and it's supposed to be brand new. <gasps> no, really? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, my car stalled out of me about a month ago, and then they gave me a new engine. And then it stalled less than a week after the new engine was put in. So me and Kia are having some words. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it sounds it sounds like a traditional lemon law car. Yeah, well, that's the thing is once the second time happened, I'm like, yeah, um, this this I don't think is just a malfunction of the one part that you were talking about. Like this, there's got to be something more here because I had another car last for ten years, no issues. As soon as I get a 2021, all of a sudden, all the issues. <laughs> I have like seven theories going on in my head as to why this is. Like one is maybe this has to do with the chip shortage, and they put in like a bad chip or a couple of bad chips, and so now you're SOL. Um, maybe you shouldn't buy a Kia. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, what kills me is like with cars pretty much being computers nowadays, they're like, yeah, we plugged it in and we're not sure what's wrong. And I just want to be like, well, what did you guys do before you plugged it in? Didn't you like open it up and like <laughs> take some parts out? Like I'm no mechanic. I'm not a car person, but like you, you guys did something. You didn't just like plug it in and be like, yeah, well, I got nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, before we go down the rabbit hole of why cars are cars. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Who are you? I am Brandon Prosek. Uh, I am a writer, comedian, producer, also a podcaster. Um, yeah, dabbler in many projects. Um, yeah, it's 
<laughs> probably do too much, but I juggle lots of creative projects over the years that um, I'm hoping someday can actually be my full-time career and paid job. Yeah. What's your big vision for yourself? Um, I think like with most writers, uh, I think the dreams are if I go the TV routes, you know, maybe a pilot of mine gets picked up or I get hired on a, a successful TV show, or if a film of mine gets put up on the big screen, you know, uh, whatever, whatever vision that may be, it's like, kind of like, I think like that's like gotta be the ultimate, uh, I don't want to say validation, but like, it's like proof that like, you're not, this is not a hobby anymore. Someone, <laughs> someone paid you and a lot of money was put into a large project. So clearly you have something, you know what I mean? Something to say. So is it hard for you? Like what I'm hearing is that you relate to yourself mostly as a writer and you're waiting for somebody else to be like, see, you're actually good. You're a good <laughs> writer. You're, it's fine. We'll give you money for this. Well, I think that, you know, a lot of entertainment things, uh, it unfortunately is not always about merit or talent. And this is not just related to me, but it could be comedy, music, whatever. Uh, I think that there are some insanely talented people out there all across the country and world who like just haven't been given that opportunity to be seen in front of the right person or right audience. And mm -hmm. I just, you know, and this is something I just recently like came to grips with, uh, that I think I always had excuses for myself, like, Oh, well, I'm probably not ready for this, ready for this. But like, I've been writing scripts, pretty consistently since I was 18. So like at least 11 years, just like nonstop. I'm like, I think I have things to say. I think I have ideas that in different genres and realms that people have enjoyed anyone who's seen it, whether it's on stage or on the page. And so I just, I think by it going from what I do when I'm not working my day job to actually being my day job, that is just like, that, that that's the dream is mm -hmm. that I'm supporting myself from my art opposed to having a 40 some hour day job. And then all my other after hours are going into all my other projects and passions and goals. I mean, that's a solid dream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think though that like uh, if, if I were to talk about all the things that I do or like some of the people like my my current partner, she's uh, sees all that I do. And she's like, yeah, you do a lot. And I'm like, well, that's just, this is what I want to do. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that's in those realms of like entertainment, film, TV, like you got to do a lot. And I want to do a lot because when I'm doing it, it's fulfilling. It doesn't feel like work to me. Um, but also I love making people laugh or making people shocked at like a twist that I write or whatever it may be. Um, so it's like, if everyone's happy and, um, that can also be a way that I pay my rent and bills and that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. I ask people like, who are you a lot? And most people's answers are what they do and who you are is not necessarily what you do. Sure. How would you like describe yourself outside of what you do? Outside of what I do? Um, well, I think that I am someone that really 
is passionate about communication and um, growing and learning, um, adapting. I I feel like we're as people should like constantly be working on ourselves and not mm-hmm. just career wise, but like I was recently talking to someone from college. So like I went to college from 2010 to 2014, obviously recording this 2021. And I just think about where I was in like the 2013, 2014 realm of college compared to now. It's like, that seems like a distant other person. Not that I'm like radically different, but more so just, I feel like I've been through so much, just whether it's in life, but also I've been in therapy for about five years. It's been very instrumental in, in helping grow and, and power through things. So yeah, I just, I, I find myself, I'm someone that wants to grow. I want to learn and just keep improving myself from what I used to be. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I relate to you as a creative, kind, um, supportive, and growth-oriented person. Like, that's just how I know you to be. Um, what would you say, like, is similar to you now as existed in college, Brandon? Um, what is similar? I would say my drive, um, whether that be create creatively or, you know, um, working on myself. I think it's one thing that I used to joke when I was a lot younger and my whole family does that. My dad was like a workaholic. Um, and then it wasn't until probably around college and then after college where I realized while he's luckily not too much of a toxic when it comes to workaholic, it did teach me drive and uh, good work ethic. And so I think that's one thing that's that's not changed uh, with me and something that I hope to, you know, retain. And um, I still, yeah, I, I still want to, what else is same from that age? I mean, I love making meaningful connections, whether that's friendships, romantic, professionally. Um, I'm, I'm very much someone that has always been like, I will treat you well until you give me a reason to not treat you well. And then I'll usually give some people benefit of doubt sometimes to a fault. (laughs) Um, and, but like, it's something that I've always believed in is, and that's, you know, how my parents raised me is be kind until I'm given a reason not to be kind. Yeah. Um, I never get mean, but I'm, I'm I disappear <laughs> when somebody is terrible to me. I don't like fight back. I just kind of am like, okay, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> you just drift into the. You're that Homer Simpson gif where he's fading That's into exactly the the grass. <laughs> yeah. You're like the end of Field of Dreams when they're going into the corn and just fading away. <laughs> That's basically how I end relationships. I'm like, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> um, well, you know, you do all of this stuff and you've kind of alluded to connection being super important to you. Why is connection, like what is so important to you about connection and communication? Um. 
so yeah, I think with connection, uh, it's, it's many different forms. Like I, I think you can learn so much from other people, whether it's their experiences that they tell you about or just kind of talking through things with them. Um, so like, that's where it's like, it can just be such a learning experience with certain connections you make. And then as far as for me professionally um, or creatively connections are so key because a lot of what I do, I can't do myself. Like, sure. I can write all the scripts I want in the world, but for like the plays that I wrote and then I eventually produced or video, like hundreds of YouTube videos I've made my podcast um, and anything that involves more than just me, it's like, I need to connect with other people, whether they want to just temporarily work with me or the people that we build relationships and have tons of growth, uh, creatively. So it's, it's like connections are so key. I mean, and I know you, you have some experience in comedy. It's like, if you don't connect with people, it's highly doubtful that all of a sudden everyone's just going to know that you're funny and want to put you on their show. It's like, you need Mm -hmm. to introduce yourselves and, uh, to the hosts, even at an open mic, you know, or a show, uh, because they need to, otherwise you're just, there are so many people like in comedy in itself in Chicago alone that I still go to mics and shows where I look around And obviously no one knows everyone in the city in Chicago comedy, but I used to produce a few shows, was on shows, went to mics. I used to think I had a pretty good semblance of like recognizing faces or names, but now I go to stuff and I'm like, who the F is everyone? (laughs) Like I feel old at 29. Like I'm like, are these all like young kids that just started or is this a whole nother side of the city I never met? It's just crazy. And you need to connect because now all of a sudden there's new people running shows and people move and now it's, yeah, you got to adapt and just keep making new connections. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing that we're kind of talking around is you will not make people laugh or be a good writer if you cannot connect to them. Like, it doesn't matter how many words on the page exist. Like, you could put 50,000 words on the page. And if that message isn't receivable, Mm -hmm. is it really a connection? Exactly. Um, I I remember that was one thing, too, that really stuck out with me when I was, like, learning more directing is I needed to connect with the actors. Otherwise, how are they going to get across what either I or whoever wrote wrote? And there were some people who were wanting to direct who just were too nervous to talk to the actors because they're like, oh, they're super attractive. And they like were intimidated to talk to an attractive person. I'm like, well, they're also a person, you know, (laughs) we need to be able to talk to them so that they're doing the thing you want them to do. Otherwise, you're not directing them. And so uh, that was just an example of, you know, you need to be able to talk to people and like you said, connect. Otherwise, you know, things can be very robotic or mm-hmm. things can be just people cannot understand the point you're going to, you know, try to get across to them. Yeah. It's like the difference between doing comedy at somebody and being with the audience. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of want to circle back on this thing that you offhandedly mentioned, which is you can't do it alone. 
Yeah. Um, I, well, I guess it depends in what realm, what you're looking to do, but like, let's just say, uh, I have produced comedy shows too, or, um, I need to communicate with a venue because I don't own a venue, you know, and <laughs> yet, I need Brandon, yet, <laughs> <laughs> yet. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't own enough land to warrant a show beyond my apartment, which is a one bedroom. And some people do that, but I, I don't think that's going to work out for me, but I need to connect with venues. I need to know comedians to where, when I reach out to them to offer them to hopefully be on my show, they know that it's, hopefully going to be a good time and, or they can trust that if I say I'm going to pay them, I'm going to pay them and that it's, that it's worth going what they have to do, which is, you know, commute and spend money and, you know, get to the place and then put in their effort and possibly put off other things. You know, there's a lot of like things that you have to do. Um, and that's just performers in the venue. And then also you got to connect to find a way to get people to your show. And (laughs) that involves lots of marketing and connecting with the community where the show is. Yeah. I like, there's so much to talk about in this area because I think a lot of times, like there's this idea of the lone wolf comedian and I'm a solo entrepreneur. Um, You know, my business is me right now for the time being, and I intend for it to grow, but there is no way that I'm going to be able to scale up without the help of other people. And I've started actually getting help from other people. Like (laughs) it has been a game changer for me to be able to think about the things that are important to me and then go let other people do the stuff that I can't fucking imagine doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, it's actually funny you say that, like you had to learn to get help because there's, there's sometimes where, I try to take things on myself. And one of the things I love about my partner is she calls me out in constructive ways. Um, Like I can't remember. It was something for a project, something very small that I was spending time doing when I have countless other things I'm working on. And she's like, you know, you could just go on like Fiverr.com and probably just pay someone five to $10 to do this instead of you Googling and YouTubing and trying to find out and it not being as good as someone who does this regularly. And I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I should just do that. Mm -hmm. And like, I was finally able to find someone to do this thing and they did it exactly how I needed. (laughs) And it saved hours of research and trial and error and then I got to work on something else that like, I don't want to give to someone else that I want to do personally. So it's just, yeah, you got to know when to ask for help because otherwise <laughs> you can really toil and it's hard to keep things moving forward if you're trying to do it all yourself. Yeah. Well, so I know that you, you worked with Anthony as a, like he was your trainer. How was it to ask him for help? Yeah. Uh, so Anthony is still my personal trainer for, um, yeah, it's about two years now, which is crazy to think. Oh, you know? that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so this was the summer before COVID. Um, I had a pretty eye-opening experience. So uh, I- I've struggled with weight my whole life. Me too. Um, my, my, my mother's not, but her side of the family, like we've just always had metabolisms 
to be broad shouldered, big, lots of football players from Wisconsin, you know, like, (laughs) and I played high school football and I was a lineman. So they did not teach us to eat well because they're like, just eat, 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 eat. You're working it all off. And the problem is when you go to film school and you stop being a football player, you're eating like an athlete, but you're not burning off what you make. So I did way more than a freshman 15. Uh, I gained a lot of weight in college and was already pretty big in high school. And so it's, it's something that's always been around in my life. And I've had varying things work for me. Like I, I, in college, I tried Weight Watchers and I would lose the weight and then I'd be like, all right, I get what this is. I don't need the app anymore. Gain it right back, you know? And I couldn't find a thing to not only lose the weight, but keep it off. And so what happened to me was I went to Six Flags Great America with my partner and I hadn't been there since probably high school. So maybe 10 years at that point. And I was excited. I love roller coasters. I don't know about you. Um, And we're going to go on Raging Bull, which is one of my favorites. And the lap bar can't, Sorry, that is a loud individual driving by my building. Um, <laughs> How dare they? This is a very important story. Let's, <laughs> let's send out a message. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I live by one of those blocks that everyone's just like, I'm going to blast my music for no one. Because it's like the middle of the day. People are either home working from home or they're at work. They're bringing anyway. joy, Brandon. <laughs> they're bringing joy. Let them bring joy to you. <laughs> Um, for the, yeah, the two seconds they drive by pure joy. Um, so I am going to sit on raging bull and they're trying to push the lap bar down and it can't fit, um, to, to the point that it's safe for me to ride. And I froze in that moment. And meanwhile, the teenager six flags worker is literally trying to kick it down on me. And, um, you know, he lets it back up. I get off and I'm like getting ready to break down. But my girlfriend ushers me like, let's try some other roller coasters. Unfortunately, couldn't fit on a few others there. And we left and I broke down in the car and it was like, this is the first time in my life that something that I love doing was literally taken away from me because of my size. And I was so upset with myself because it was something that I had done for years growing up. You know, my Mm -hmm. family used to go like every other year to Six Flags. And so that's where I knew that Anthony, uh, a comedian in the city, had personal training experience for his day job. And he was always nice to me anytime we saw each other at shows or mics. And... You know, I was like, I think I'm just going to, I need to ask for help because clearly what I've been trying to do myself for so long, I I can't do it. Because now at that point, let's see, I was 27. And so it's like, you know, pretty much almost 10 years removed from high school, gained all this weight in college. Like it's, it's not going away. This isn't like a new problem that's only like a year or two old. This is a lifestyle issue. And so I, I, I just sent him a message and I was brutally honest. And I said, like, I want to make a change. 
I can't do it myself because I've been trying to do it myself. And is there any way we can talk about, you know, me hiring you as a trainer? Cause I, I just need help. Cause what I'm doing is not working. And so, yeah, first luckily, of all, I just oh, really want to acknowledge, <laughs> I want to acknowledge the courage that it is to send that message. Like people will send me messages like that. And I know how scary it is to go, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I can't be me anymore. Like I yeah. have to fundamentally change my life. Yeah. And uh, cause I just, I knew that like, I hear about people in their forties and fifties saying how they want to get in shape. And I'm like, if I'm saying it now and I'm not even 30 yet, this is when I'm supposed to be like <laughs> my prime, mm-hmm. you know? And if I'm already in a bad start and like doctors are already complaining and blaming certain issues on my weight and so forth, I'm like, it's only going to get worse. And so, yeah. And the best thing in the world was Anthony responded in pretty quick time and said, yes, absolutely. You know, like maybe we can talk tomorrow or whatever. And no hesitation. He just did it. And we talked on the phone and messaged back and forth and eventually started seeing each other. And um, luckily, you know, with technology nowadays that when COVID hit and quarantines happened, I could still work with him virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we've been doing actually for most of ever since, I guess that was like March, 2020 um, is seeing him once to twice a week virtually. You know, in my, in my line of business, we often say breakdowns lead to breakthroughs. And this sounds like a perfect example of a breakdown to breakthrough. Yeah, it, it really was. And cause I said to myself, once I like reached out to him that I'm like, I want to lose enough weight to go back to six flags, ride on the raging bull. And that is one of those rides where they take a picture of you and I want like the proof that I did it. Yeah. Which I actually, spoiler alert, have. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You've got like champion arms too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't do, I don't record video, but I just want everyone to know that Brandon <laughs> has champion arms in that video, in that picture. Yeah. Um I went back uh with my girlfriend. Um this was this summer of 2021. Um and yeah, it was like two years, almost to the day. Um, and I was able to fit on all the roller coasters that we could ride that day, you know, and had no issues. And yeah, it's, um, there's like plenty of milestones that I have with like my weight loss and a lot of my kind of just health choices, changes, mm-hmm. um, but like that was one that I'm like, all right, well, this is something that was literally taken away by my own bad decisions. And um, I want to be able to do that. I, I, I don't want my weight to not allow me to do a thing that like plenty of adults can do. It'd be different if it's something like, oh, well, only a kid should do that thing. Mm-hmm. But like... <laughs> um, to be able to do something that plenty of other adults do, like that was just something I, I, I couldn't imagine just be like, all right, I can never ride a roller coaster again. You know? 
Well, and like that way of being is really, I can't tell it's, you know, there's a, there's a difference between surrendering and giving up. And I think like that way of, Oh, I can't ride a roller coaster again would be totally giving up on yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, I knew that being someone who like, I played sports my whole life until college. It's like, I, I'm fine with working out. I'm fine with doing certain things, but like I needed to do other changes, not just for, you know, actually doing the workouts. Cause it's mm-hmm. one thing to know how to do it. It's another thing to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Two different uh, things. I know actually, how to do a lot of stuff and I don't do it. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but actually do them, do them consistently, do them to where that'll work. But then also I had to change the whole other aspect of this, which is how I ate, which Mm -hmm. has always been bad. (laughs) Um, which, yeah. Cause I, I think other ways I had lost weight in the past, it would, it was always like, Oh, I just changed a few things by learning from weight watchers and boom, I dropped 20, 30 pounds and it was like, cool. I did it, but I gained it back, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, even at the beginning of quarantine, um, I think going into COVID, I had lost between 20 and 30 pounds and I gained 20 some of it back, you know, when, because I used to walk to the train and then take the train to work and walk to work and like just those little walking all the time. And then now working remote. Um, And then especially when it was winter, you know, (laughs) it's partly why I got a dog was to walk more. Yeah. And, and I tried to walk, but it's, it's one thing to walk and, and, and to not just be sedentary. And then especially, um, when I, I had lived in a much smaller apartment before, um, and my issue was between having like a couch, uh, a desk and like your kitchen, not far apart. I would look at, I got an Apple watch during quarantine and I looked at like my steps I'm like, good God, I have like not even done a thousand steps because like my place is so small. Like (laughs) I I will say I have like a long place and my kitchen and my living room are on opposite ends of the house. And I like that for that. Yeah. Like if I want a snack, I have to get up and get it. My girlfriend has the same thing with her house. It's, it's like, not wide, but it's very long. So like you walk from the front to the back of the house or like I'd run to the, I'd walk to the back to like let her dog out and then like maybe walk to go get him or whatever. But like at my apartment, it was, I was like, mm-hmm. I could do circles here and be like 40 steps, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was very frustrating when quarantine started, uh, obviously for many, many, many reasons, but gaining the weight back, I was like, okay, I not only need to keep working out, but I need to really up my workouts and I need to not be snacking as much because now I'm permanently next to my kitchen. Uh, When I used to go to an office, it's like, all right, well, I can't really snack unless other people give it to me or I got to go spend the money to. Um, It's only what I brought. But now it's like my entire, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) my cabinets of snacks and my fridge, like it's all like right next to my desk in my other place. And that's where I was, I, a big thing I needed to do to change my food ways was what I actually keep in the house, <laughs> which by the way, one thing I'll say blanket across, um, for losing weight. Cause at the moment I've lost about 60 pounds. Um, wow. 
Thank you. And um, everyone's like, what's the secret? Everyone thinks it's like one or two like little things to change. And I said, no, like this is a like, it took me a while to realize like you have to fundamentally change your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. If you actually want to not only lose weight, but keep the weight off and hopefully lose weight in a good nutritional way, because um, you can still lose weight, but not necessarily be healthy inside. Um, And I had to really like, and, and Anthony, he could attest to it. Like he had to hammer away, like, like send me like a food journal. What are you eating? And I would put off doing it because I knew he wasn't going to like what it was. <laughs> and finally, like there was times where I'd send it and he'd look, he's like, why are you having like three, four desserts in a day? And I'm like, well, that's just how it's always been with my family. I try to have smaller desserts. He's like, yeah, but four in a day, like, you know, <laughs> like, come on, Anthony. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, but I just made s'mores a couple times in the microwave. Um, <laughs> That was that was one of my quarantine coping things with s'mores in the microwave. Um, I had to actually just like remove stuff that are my weaknesses. I had to find new things that are healthy that I like, which was so eye-opening because I used to think I didn't like a lot of food. And then I started trying new foods and I, uh, I used HelloFresh for a while just to like try different veggie veggie related like meals and um, proteins that weren't just animal products. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh my God, I like a lot of food. I'm just, I'll admit I'm white and I'm a wimp for spice. But besides that, I like most things come to come to realize once I actually tried them. Cause one time someone was like, Oh, have you ever had like roasted chickpeas? I'm like, what's a chickpea? Like I've heard that, but I've never tried it, you know? And I mean, like, if you've oh. had hummus, you've had chickpeas. Well, yeah, but not actual like chickpeas, like from a can, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I love now and eat. Yeah. Uh, I love roasting vegetables. Uh, just a simple thing of just putting a little, a uh, little seasoning on some vegetables, throw them in the oven or like an air fryer. And I'm like, oh, well, I can get used to this eating. I just was also, I did not know how to flavor anything. <laughs> Yeah. So everything was just plain or frozen or whatever. And so to realize I liked all these foods um, was where I could finally like do the other half of things uh, with the workouts, which was not be eating snacks and desserts and super cheesy fatty foods. Um, So another big realization I had for the food side of things that I tell people about, because I try to explain that it's not just like a, quick fix. Um, I had watched a, a, a vegan doc, uh, forks over knives. I don't know if you've heard of it. Everyone. I, well, not everyone, but yes, I've everyone finds a vegan doc, uh, yeah. where they just say how we're all doing things wrong and we're, we're, we are doing it wrong in America. Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try to go a little while where, the only animal products I'll eat will be like salmon or shrimp, but like, I'm not going to have burgers. I'm not going to have super cheesy things like mm-hmm. pizza 
or quesadillas. Like I'm going to just really try to lean stuff out and, and, and really minimize my desserts. So there was like this three, four weeks in the summer uh, last year where I was just eating so clean and feeling good. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to treat myself and get pizza. And I got bacon pizza. And then later on, we went and got shakes at Sonic. And the next day, I can best describe felt like a hangover. Really? Yes. But for food, because I was eating so well for like three, four weeks straight, every meal, every day. And then all of a sudden by having that chunky cheese bacon pizza and then a chocolate peanut butter shake, it's like I felt sugar and fat. Yeah. And I felt like my whole body I can only describe it like a hangover where I just, the next day I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> and my, my girlfriend was just like, what, what did you drink last night too? I said, no, like that, <laughs> that is just from Jets Pizza and Sonic. And um, that was a big eye-opening experience to me too. Cause I was like, oh my God, like I was eating like that, not necessarily pizza and shakes every day, but be- that fatty and heavy all the time. My body was so used to it mm-hmm. that when I took it away for a consistent period of time and brought it back, my body's like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> it was such a culture shock. Um, and so I've remembered that feeling for a year now. And now I, you know, I'll admit I do still go get ice cream. I still do have pizza here and there, but I never have a day or a night where I really like pig out because how I felt the next day, I was like, this was not worth what I ate. Yeah. This is not worth the feeling, you know, you get in your mouth where you're like, oh, I love this food so much. And a big thing too that I noticed with like desserts was, and I tell people this, and I think so many people think they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, no, like I'm serious. I'm not like trying to sell you anything. I'm not a salesman. I'm just telling you my experience. Uh, when I used to have chocolate and desserts three, four times a day, and now I have it like maybe three times a week, mm-hmm. those three times I have it, it tastes better. Because I am not desensitized to the sugar by having it three, four times a day. It's like my body was just like, yeah, you need that just because you don't, you're not even going to enjoy it. You just need it. But now I wait, say for the weekend. And then we go get like, I don't know, Culver's custard. And I could like treat myself opposed to having, you know, s'mores and cookies every day. All of a sudden I'm like, damn, this custard tastes amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the question I have for you, like, I just hear a couple of things. One, it sounds like you're way more in tune with your body and you are respecting your body as like the vessel that you live on this earth in. Like, it sounds like your relationship to yourself has fundamentally changed. Yeah, it, it, it really has. Um, it, when the, when the pounds started really consistently coming off, And it took a while. Anthony just telling me is like, if you do these things, you'll see it slowly come off. You know, you're not going to lose 10 pounds in a week, but like if you're losing like say a pound or something like every week, it's really going to add up. And like, it's 50 pounds in a year. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I eventually hit my 50 
pound mark. And I specifically did not tell people on social media um, until I hit 50 pounds because I also wanted to do a before and after photo um, Mm -hmm. because I also feel like I must suffer from like a form of body dysmorphia that like sometimes I don't see the weight change until I look at what I used to look like and where I am now. Um, and I, I, I looked at a photo from the highest I was at was probably around 315, 320. Um, and now being, you know, when I was in the two sixties, two fifties, I look at those photos. I'm like, Oh my God, look at how fat my head was. And like, I remember just always being exhausted, doing very rudimentary things and just feeling sluggish and <laughs> just joking. Like some friends would say like making noises, standing up or just like doing little things that it's just like, these are not noises that like a 20 something year old should be making, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and yeah. now I just feel so much better and energetic. And um, the other thing too, much like with the food, once I eventually got on an actual food, I work out at least try to always do at least five times a week. And each time I try to at least do 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Whenever I don't do that, I feel it like the next day, like almost some sort of like not withdrawal, but just like, it's like my body is so used to it. I I just feel better after doing it. Um, so it's not quite like a runner's high or anything, but it's just your body's used to doing a thing. When you take it away, uh, my my body, I just I discovered is just very reactive to like getting used to something and taking it away. And so I'm like, all right, well, if it really likes working out, I got to keep doing it because otherwise, <laughs> I'm not gonna feel that good. But yeah, it's it's crazy. I had no idea that getting used to things that my body would just be so like, feels like it actually is like slapping me in the face to wake me up. Like, no, don't, don't fall off the wagon because (laughs) remember how that felt (laughs) when you were like that. Do do you feel separate from your body? Um, I wouldn't say so. Um, what makes you ask that? I'm curious. Well, you said my body likes this. My body does this. And it, it just, it made me really curious. Cause I'm like, oh, it's kind of sounds like Brandon. Have you seen inside out? Yes. It's like, you are the little people in the operating <laughs> room <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, your body, and you're just trying to make your body a machine that works really well. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Um, but I, yeah, I think the, the reason I talk like that is because my so when you're dating someone during quarantine and you're like the only people you're really seeing because me and my girlfriend are both remote so for a long time during lockdowns like we were the only one we've been seeing because just to socially distance and be safe from people um so when it would be warm and we do activities outside uh, uh we wanted to do some things together i would like for example if we if I had too big of a coffee and then like maybe a breakfast sandwich and a donut from Dunkin' or something, and then like later we're doing something or the next day, I'm like, man, I probably overdid it just a little bit. And 
Then a different day will do something where I don't do that. And I'm like so much more like faster and energetic. And she's like, wow, I can really tell a difference based on what you eat. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's like, I can see it in you. Um, uh, one thing I love doing, I, have you ever played pickleball? No, I feel like pickleball is a thing that I didn't know about before until this summer. And now <laughs> I just hear it weekly. So I loved it from high school. It was a thing I did in gym class and I always wanted to do it, but it wasn't really a thing. And then all of a sudden people are making it like a thing again, because it's basically an easier form of tennis for those who don't know what pickleball is. It's like a smaller court and you use like paddles and like a wiffle ball opposed mm-hmm. to a tennis ball. And what was funny is I am not super competitive, but I love just, you know, doing a fun workout. Cause I'll admit, even though I run two, three times a week, I don't like it. Uh- Running is the worst. <laughs> Running is absolutely it 100%. Really is. I will get eaten by a dinosaur before I run. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, how do you run that much? I'm like, cause it's working. If it didn't work, I would have stopped months ago, believe me. Um, But I, so in pickleball, she'll like be hitting the ball at me. And like, there was one day where I was literally like just running back and forth. And I always just so happened to be hitting the ball right to her. So she was just standing there and I'm just like a mad person running side to side, getting the ball, hitting it back to her. And I had just all this energy in the world. And it's cause I had like eight, you know, great, the, day before and that day but then like i don't know a week or two later was when i think i had like the coffee and a donut from duncan and a big you know breakfast sandwich and then i'm just like sluggish and kind of missing the ball and she's like wow this is like night and day difference just from like a meal or two Mm -hmm. and that was like just evidence that she saw and that seeing her reaction to me and that's why i was like oh well my body apparently is very very sensitive to when I do change, when I make changes like this. Or you, Brandon, (laughs) (laughs) you as a human being in your body are sensitive to Cause like, there's also the brain factor of it too. Like now that you know this about yourself, you're going to even be more aware of the sensitivities that you have. Yeah. And it's, it's something that I think, um, you know, I still deal with and in, in therapy is just because this is obviously the most weight I've ever lost and I've been keeping it off. And honestly, and the reason why it's a huge struggle and I, the best way I can try to tell people to relate to it is like I sometimes when it comes to like bad food and bad habits, it feels like how probably an alcoholic or a drug addict would feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, I need to. But unfortunately, like I need to eat, you know, (laughs) I wish if they had a futuristic, uh, healthy pill that just took my choice away, but it was like, these are all the 100% perfect nutrients for your body to run right. Uh, and you to be healthy. I would take the pills. You would yeah, get the, get the choice away from me. Cause like, I can just like get into a routine of like, I'm going to take this pill it's supposed to do all the right things. That way I'm not tempted by, you know, pizza. I'm not tempted by the big bowl of chips at like a get together. Um, I'm not tempted like to, oh, I don't want to make food. I'm just going to order delivery or go pick something up. Mm. Um, it's, it's something that I really have to 
I think a lot of people think that, oh, well, like clearly you're on the right path. Like you can cheat more. You can do this. It's like, no, because if if I make too many big changes, like I can fall off the wagon just like someone who is trying not to drink or someone trying not to smoke or do drugs. And then you're doing it all the time. Um, and I've seen it before because twice in my life I lost 30 pounds um, it was like 2012 and like 2015 and both times gained it right back and gained more. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I have data. <laughs> yeah, um, I have well, proof <laughs> on what can happen if I, if I fall off the wagon, if you will. I mean, but there's also this other thing that I think we're, we're kind of talking about, which is like, how much more do you trust yourself? And if I think my guess is that there's going to be a certain point where you can have a couple of chips and you will trust yourself to not turn into, you know, f- completely falling off the wagon. Uh, but that might take a decade. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why it, it, it you got to find strategies and like really teach yourself. And like, there's little things that I noticed, um, that like, for example, I need to put a certain amount of like, we'll say chips or cheese. It's like, I need to put a certain amount in a bowl and not like eat from the box or eat from the bag. And it's just like, when I'm done with what's in this bowl, that's it. I'm not filling it again. Yeah. Or, um, you know, I'll have my girlfriend at her house. If she buys Oreos or something, I'll be like, hide these. <laughs> <laughs> you know, put these so that they're not just like, cause now that they make cookie things where you just like peel the tab open, it's so easy to just like peel the tab and like grab a cookie and like walk by. I was like, you need to hide this like, so that I'm not tempted. Um, yeah. You just got to find little strategies and eventually, hopefully I, I, I won't need to resort to things like that, but it's just, it's, it's really, it, it hasn't been a year of being this small. Like a year ago, I think I was down 20 pounds or something, but hopefully if I continue to at least stay at this size or get smaller, that it'll just eventually be ingrained. Mm-hmm. I think it's because being 29 and let's just say 28 of those years, I was making bad choices. It's, <laughs> there's way more experience being the other way than there is this way. Yeah. Well, the other question I have for you, like you are way more than, you know, your weight, you are a whole human being. And what I know about like trying to do things like change your relationship with your body or um, any kind of self-improvement work is that what happens in one area will help you in other areas. So how has this like improvement in your physical health, uh, affected your creativity and your relationship with your girlfriend? Yeah. um, So, well, one thing I want to say, because this was a stereotype we've discovered that I I just personally find frustrating is some people thought I was losing, and these are just people making assumptions. People Mm -hmm. thought I was losing weight because like my girlfriend wanted me to. And I was Mm -hmm. like, no, this is something that I've struggled with way before she was around by having her be supportive and introduce me to foods and help was helpful, but I was doing this for me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and this, the only way that I could do what I did is, you know, we talk about earlier community and asking for help. I needed help from Anthony. I needed help from my girlfriend to teach me about foods. Cause she knows so much about food and she, and like, you know, meals like HelloFresh and like different like places that I could learn, uh, cooking tips and, you know, my, my folks were able to, uh, kind of help in some ways too, with, um, other, uh, aspects of my journey. And I was doing it for me, but I needed all these pieces to come together to make it happen. And so like, I think I'm very fortunate that she has loved me at my biggest size, just as much as, me now closer to like, um, I'm at like my high school weight size. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what it's helped with us too, is like wanting to go explore and do more things outside. And I think that was also a thing that kind of taught us with like lockdowns being stuck inside. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we had a trip to Montana where we went on just like hikes and just saw nature and, and being able to do that without it being such a physical challenge, um, was big, uh, because when, even though I was a little bit bigger, when we went, I was in a good shape because of all my work with Anthony that like, if say I got tired, my recovery rate for like my heart rate, I would see on my, my watch was pretty quick. Um, thanks to all the work with him. And that made it more enjoyable because then it's not so much of a chore as it is just like a fun experience, but also a workout hiking. And so it's allowed us to do more things because I think when you're at a certain size and like, you don't have much drive, you can just like, all right, well, let's just like sit and watch something or like, let's sit and talk or let's sit and eat. Um, uh, but now being in a little bit better shape, it, it, it's, it's, I, I want to be out and doing more things. We, this summer we bought an inflatable kayak and we've gone kayaking a few times. Oh, that's um, fun. Yeah. Just nothing like crazy. We're not going on rapids, but it's something else to do outside, um, that we weren't doing before. Um, as far as like some things that I've noticed, like creatively different, um, I've noticed with my stand-up comedy in particular, um, I feel more confident on stage um, because I also uh, treat to myself after hitting certain milestones. I bought some new clothes that were smaller uh, and sizes I used to not be able to fit in um, because once you reach a certain size, like especially like I have pretty broad shoulders, um, you're kind of limited to the, how stylish you can be. (laughs) And so getting to a weight that I could buy clothes that are easily accessible and Mm -hmm. not having to go to certain sections that are for big and tall, as they say, um, it allows they call it big and tall for men, but for women, it's plus size. (laughs) Yeah. I (laughs) have many things I can rant about like fashion issues, um, <laughs> for okay, but, plus size folks. But yeah, I, I felt so much better cause I, I dressed better. And so I just felt this confidence and I have, I think more focus when I've performed the last couple months because 
I'm not worried about them necessarily like looking at my stomach. And also I haven't really been talking about my weight on stage. Uh, I've tried to do some material about it, but like I used to talk about my weight and do a lot of self-deprecating jokes when I was bigger. And a lot of people, it was always skinny friends (laughs) would ask me why. And I said, unfortunately being a white bearded guy, the most identifiable feature of me was my size. Mm. And so I felt like I had to address it. And if I could make people laugh from it, then like maybe that would make myself feel better. And in some instances it did, you know, I, I remember I did some jokes at my first show at laugh factory and it's like, I just made like a hundred, some people laugh poking fun at my weight, you know, but now, how did, like, but how did that feel for you to like make fun of yourself and poking fun of your weight? Um, it was like a two pronged thing where like, it felt good sometimes. And also sometimes, you know, I would hate that I had to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, I, you know, when you're bullied from it your whole life, it's like, well, if I make people laugh from it, then they can't make the joke for me. And also an aspect I did like is sometimes big people would approach me after a show and be like, yeah, I totally feel you on some of the stuff you were talking about. Um, but after losing weight, it's pushed me. It's like, no, I want to be able to like with my comedy and my, my, at least for my standup, like I want to be able to talk about things that aren't me, you know, maybe stories, but like, I don't want to talk about my looks mm-hmm. um, because I think a lot of us do that. And I don't want to resort to that. I want to push myself creatively to talk about other things Um Cause it was actually one thing uh, I'll, I've said it numerous times with my girlfriend, but she called me out pretty early on when we were doing comedy. She's like, okay, so when are you not going to talk about your weight or your divorce? And I'm like, oof. All right. Um, <laughs> very fair. Cause that was like most of my 10 minutes at the time. Just like <laughs> was a heavy like, divorced guy. Guys. Yeah. I was like, well, those, I was like, that, those are my two things. I'm like, I'm a fat guy and I'm a, div- I got divorced at 25, you know, and like, that's <laughs> what I can poke fun of. Um, but now it's like, yeah, it's, I feel confident on stage. Cause like by getting new outfits, I've also now been seeing some comedy friends who I haven't seen with quarantine possibly in a year and a half to two years. Mm-hmm. And so their reactions, like seeing me for the first time in that long and like, not only from the weight change, but like, cause I can dress better. They're like, Oh, okay, Brandon, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and it just makes me feel good. Yeah. Well, and comedians are notoriously judgmental. Like Mm -hmm. this is why my podcast is called, this is not advice because I'm a fucking (laughs) (laughs) know-it-all. It's gotta be nice to get positive feedback from people who have strong opinions. Yeah, it's, it really is. And also I think specifically with comedy, stand-up comedy, you know, it's different for plays or sketches, but stand-up comedy, when I'm walking to go pick up the microphone, the audience is already making assumptions based on how I look. Mm-hmm. And when I was heavier and the clothes didn't exactly flatter my heavier looks and my, you know, I also like if my beard wasn't exactly groomed as well, or my hair wasn't nice and my shirt's wrinkly or whatever, I just generally wasn't taking care of myself. It's like I had to work a very uphill battle 
because I didn't look professional. And so I had to make them laugh with my words. Um, but now it's like, I feel like at least in my head, when I walk up there, if I'm dressing more professional and I appear more confident, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, Aaron just saw me sit up a little bit. I, I'm bad at slouching. You know, I, I try to stand, you know, a little bit taller and, and, and appear confident. It's like, I, I, I have felt at least some audiences, it's like, I'm not working an uphill battle from the get go. Yeah. It's like, they look at me and, and they just wait to hear what I say. They're not like, Oh, who's this schlub, you know? <laughs> well, it's, it's such a double-edged sword, right? Because like how you feel about yourself is how people will perceive you. Mm-hmm. And if you feel like shit about yourself, that's how people will perceive you. And at the same time, like, I bet you that people were not nearly as harsh about how you looked as you have been to yourself this entire time. Oh, probably. Yeah. I I think it's, you know, and I'm sure it's with a lot of people when you're, when you're bullied growing up and you maybe don't have the best self-esteem looks wise. Um, and like one thing that I will say that was kind of like a, a negative realization with my weight loss was, you know, I, Anytime a girl didn't like me that I had a crush on, and if I'd asked them out and they said no, my head was just like, oh, well, it's probably because you're fat, yeah. you know? And other people are like, no, that's that's not true, Brandon. You know, it's, it's probably something else. Um, but like, we do live in a superficial world. Um, and, and I will specify, so I, I, I am a polyamorous and ethically non-monogamous relationship. So I am still on dating apps, even though I have a girlfriend Um, so when I took pictures on my weight loss and I changed my pictures on my app, all of a sudden the likes started like rolling in Yeah, and that felt good. But then I was like, oh wait, these are people who probably weren't liking me when I had the pictures before. Does that matter to you? Well, I think it matters because it makes me wonder, you know, cause my, my, uh, I have one partner right now. She like I said, it cares about me when I was at my biggest size, just as much as where I am now. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think about like, if someone thinks I'm attractive now, if for some reason I got bigger, would that change? Cause I want someone to like me for for Brandon and, you know, and I'm, I'm doing my best now to take care of the, you know, this vessel that Brandon is in, but it's, and, and I get it. We all have physical attractions and to different degree, but like, that was just something that was like, okay, um, I need to be careful about like, if people are hearing me and seeing me, not just physically, mm-hmm. but just like what's happening in, in my brain and, uh, the words I'm saying out my face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I totally get it. I struggle with the same thing with dating. I was like, oh, it's because I'm fat right now. And it's actually mostly probably because I'm like not swiping right on anybody. <laughs> 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 like, if I'm really honest about what's going on in my dating life, <laughs> the problem is definitely over here. <laughs> uh, no one is liking me. Well, you haven't done your side of things. Well, <laughs> That's they should the be point. finding a way. Aren't they paying to get past my no? <laughs> I mean, those are my issues. And 
Um, I just like, I'm so present to this idea of in this conversation. Cause it's, I didn't want to only talk to you about your weight loss. I wanted to talk to you because I know you to be like a, a hustler with a capital H <laughs> in a good way. Not in a like, you know, selling stuff on the street corner kind of way. <laughs> <laughs> but like our bodies and how we relate to ourselves are so tied up in this weight thing that even our business gets affected by it too. Yeah. Um, what is like your ideal relationship with your body? Well, so a big thing too, kind of like based off of, you know, uh, I, I do hustle and, and, and work a lot is it boiled down to, I was putting my creative goals and everything first. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that the weight and my health and my sleep schedule and like all that stuff, like, Oh, I'll figure that out later. Um, and it's like, okay, well then when, you know, yeah, when, when, when were you going to figure that out? I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> when I'm retired, you know, <laughs> future, that, that's future Brandon's problem. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I, I just needed to realize that like my health, and, and, you know, I, I've been trying to take care of my mental health for a while now and generally my emotional health, but it's like, there's only so much you can do, even if your emotional mental health are at a great spot. Like if your body, if your actual physical health is not good, it's just weighing, it's going to weigh down on your emotional and mental health. Mm-hmm. And it was like that key piece that I was not I was like, well, I'm doing, if it's just those three for health, it's like, well, if I'm doing two in the three, that's pretty good. Right. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And I needed to put me first um, because if I'm better then also, I think that the way I look at it, then uh, hopefully that means I can be alive longer to do more creative things. (laughs) Well, and I bet your writing is better too. I bet you like, having had these experiences now, like there's more flexibility in your writing. Yeah. I think that I, um, just by taking better care of myself, I, I think just, I was talking about like kind of confidence on stage. I think my just general confidence in myself feels better now that I've done this. Like I felt, you know, good about my work a lot and um, felt generally good about like relationships and friendships and so forth. But like by actually doing this for me um, and making it happen and seeing the physical change, it's like, okay, well, that's been a lifelong struggle and something that many people across the world struggle with. And I was able to finally line up all the pieces to make it happen. Um, so I, yeah, I just, I feel more confident in general as a person yeah. um, by having that piece. Also, it's almost like there's a little part of me that's just like, okay, well then I could definitely make other things happen because I, <laughs> <laughs> was able can. to do this. Yeah. Um, we're go- we're going long. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So I, there's a couple of questions I just like to ask everybody. Um, 
First of all, what is some terrible advice that you've gotten? <laughs> terrible <laughs> advice. Hmm. The one thing that I always argue, it's not, I, I wouldn't even call this advice, but it's something that I just always argue against. Like, oh, well, it, it could always be worse. Like whenever people kind of say that, like if you're feeling something, whether it's like physically, emotionally, mentally, when people say it could always be worse and it's like, no, 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 no. Whatever you're feeling is valid and you need to acknowledge that and like give yourself the credit and, you know, address it how you can. But like whenever people try to do the whole, like it could always be worse thing, Mm -hmm. Like, I always like want, I always shut them down right then, you know, because it's like, oh, well, at least you're not dealing with like an injury or whatever. And it's like, okay, well, the people dealing with an injury, like, you know, at least they're not dealing with like being blind or they're not dealing with uh, having cancer. It's like, you could just keep going down the slope of things to be worse. It's not comparative trauma. Right. (laughs) I'm not trying to win the trauma or depression Olympics over here. Exactly. Um, And so anytime someone tries to like do that advice of like things could get worse, I'm like, no, 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 no. (laughs) I'm not going to hear that at all. Yeah. Um, What are you plugging right now? How can people support you and get you from where you currently are to producing your movies? Oh, sure. Um, So you can follow my production company, Entertainment Buffet. Uh, I'm on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Instagram. Um, I have a podcast, which is the Entertainment Buffet podcast. And but yeah, if you follow Entertainment Buffet, that's where I will update a lot of the big things. The, The big project that I'm investing in right now, it's it's probably not gonna start like coming out till 2022 but i wrote a six-part comic book that i am uh funding an artist in britain to do the art of the comic for that's so cool yeah um she's great i'm i'm she's you know chipping away at pages of the first issue and it's a western monster adventure and uh yeah so and who knows maybe I'll start producing live comedy shows again, depending on, you know, safety situations with COVID numbers. But uh, Entertainment Buffet is just like, that's my hub. That's my company that I usually update, whether it's like video or live productions or the comic book. Yeah. Cool. And then the last question is, what does success look like for you? Ooh. That feels like such a therapist question, which is not a like a, a side thing. But no, that's hmm, what does success look like for me? I guess just if if whatever it may be, if the parties involved are happy and everything like. You can just say what you actually want. <laughs> what does success look like to me? I don't know. I mean, just I. Yeah, I guess just happiness and uh, communication. <laughs> I don't know. I, that's that's it's weird how sometimes a simple question can be the hardest. <laughs> yeah, that's what I make my living off of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Just asking people very simple and yet super complicated questions. <laughs> well, 
you know, Scott Duff said success for him looks like a gourmet magazine table spread (laughs) where like he gets to have a dinner and it'd be beautiful. And all of his friends and family are there. I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I guess success for me is the perfect balance of, um, productivity, but also relaxation like that, that fine line, um, where you're not overworking yourself, but you're not being too lazy and relaxed where you're just, you're right in the middle that you're right in that zone. That's Mm -hmm. where I just, I think that's why I feel my best. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'm certain that you're going to hit it and thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. It was such a pleasure to like spend a whole hour with you. No, thank you for having me. Um, you know, whenever we've been able to chat, you're so easy to talk to. And I, knew that I'm a podcaster as well. I can blab. So if you need someone to talk, uh, I I can do that. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brandon. (laughs) Thank you. This is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio. 